Hold, whispered a fellow ahead, waiting, his hand held back, palm exposed. I stopped in the yoke. The three-log raft, the harness settling in the water between myself and it, moved slowly forward. In a moment I felt the logs touch my back, gently beneath the yoke. I heard weapons about me, unsheathed. The officer's barge was to my right, he forward with others. The fellow on the observation platform on the barge crouched down. We have them now, lads, whispered the officer to some of the men wading between the raft and barge. He made a sign. Subalterns with signs deployed their men. I felt an arm placed over the yoke and about my neck, holding me in place. At my throat, too, my chin now lifted, my head back against the yoke, I felt the edge of a knife. Do not move, whispered my keeper, he lying on his stomach now, on the raft. They did not fear my crying out, as I was gagged. They would take no chances, however, with my attempting to make noise, perhaps by splashing or pounding my yoke against the raft. Files of men waded past me. I could see other files, too, on the other side, once they were beyond the barge. Some were held in the rents, others were circling to the left, and, I suppose, on the other side to the right. For days we had plunged deeper and deeper into the delta, in pursuit of Kossians. Several times before we had caught glimpses of an elusive barge ahead, not of R. It had, rightly or wrongly, become something of a symbol, a token of the Kossians, the pursued foe. Even from a sober military point of view, of course, given the suppositions of the men of R, it was natural to associate the barge with the Kossians, conjecturing it to be, say, one of their transport craft or a vessel of their rearguard. The fact that it had been so difficult to close with it had, of course, encouraged such suppositions. Go ahead, Sleen, whispered the keeper behind me, his knife at my throat. Try to warn your fellows. Go ahead. I remained absolutely still. Soon, said he, the swords of the lads of R will drink the blood of the Sleen of Kos. I felt the edge of his knife at my throat. I was absolutely still. More men waited by, silently. It is for this reason that you have been brought to the Delta, said he, that you might witness with your own eyes the unavailingness of your espionage and the destruction of your fellows. I did not move. <laughs> but then, as a spy, he laughed, I suppose you would not try to warn them. You would be too clever to do so. Spies are more concerned, as I understand it, with their own skin. He chuckled. But your skin, my Cossian sleen, said he, belongs to R. Does the yoke on you and the harness on your back not tell you that? I did not move. I feared he might, in his excitement, with the closing of the barge, slip with the knife when the attack signal was uttered. Your skin, spy, said he, belongs to R, as much as that of a slave girl to her master. I sensed the signal would be soon given. By now the men must be in position. Perhaps you would like to try to escape, he asked. I felt the knife at my throat. It was of gory and sharpness. Then he turned the blade a little so that I felt its side and not its edge. Almost at the same instant, from a head in the sides, a head, 
I heard the war cries of R and the movements of large numbers of men, hundreds of them, hastening in the marsh, converging doubtless on the barge. At the same time, too, I felt the side of the knife press against my throat, reflexively, almost like an eye blink, given the sudden clamor in the marsh.